you should not have been eating chicken nuggets because anything like bristly and like a little bit harder putting this on me i nearly died and you're you're putting it on me for eating a chicken nugget okay well here's if i'm if i'm gonna die by a chicken nugget that's a good way to go death by chicken nugget you know that sounds like a movie you are listening to trophy horse with your host tricky mick alex i yield to no one steve and sid Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trophy Horse. This is episode 485. We are getting ever so close to episode 500. And Yield, this is kind of going to be an unpredictable show. Yeah, we have our agenda like we normally do, but, um, you know, Tricky's supposed to jump in here. I know that Tricky's had a bit of a tough weekend. Yeah, it looked like he got smacked upside the head. Well, leave it to Tricky. And I don't want to go too far into it because Tricky said he's going to jump in and hopefully, you know, he'll explain a little bit. And he alluded to this in the Trophy Horse chat, but leave it to Tricky to uh, have a medical emergency caused by a chicken nugget. <laughs> Spicy chicken nugget at that. Well, those capsaicins, they'll kill you, man. And, yeah. And I've, you know, I've had a long time love for the the chicken at Wendy's, specifically the chicken nuggets, because I don't care how old I get, chicken tenders and chicken nuggets, I will never outgrow them, even though typically you think of that as the meal you get for your kids whenever you go to a, a restaurant that maybe they not may not normally like or they don't have food they can eat. It's like, oh yeah, kids when you get chicken nuggets and fries, give them that. Oh yeah. Their chicken sandwich is a bomb though. Do you mean the, the, like the home style regular one or the spicy one? I go for the spicy. Wendy's is just overall a good fast food pick. It's pretty solid over. It's kind of like Arby's. It's just solid overall. Yeah, it's hard to mess that up. Are there any? I don't eat a ton of fast food, but there are. Any, are there any fast food places you really enjoy, and any fast food places you tend to avoid? Uh grew up a lot on McDonald's. Now I've migrated over to Wendy's. I, I don't. <laughs> Didn't we all grow up with McDonald's? And those. I mean, the Happy Meals. Like you couldn't avoid it as a kid. No, and, and the outdoor playground. Was always the bomb as a kid. Um, go to Wendy's a lot for fast food. My my, you, do you my dip s- your fries in a frosty? Hell no. Really, really. I thought I thought we were more adventurous in the Midwest. No, no, no. My wife does that, and I think she's absolutely weird. There was obviously something that brought you two together, and maybe it was just general weirdness. Yeah. So, um, and I also like to go to Bob Evans. Bob Evans is more sit down. It is. It is. You know, I, 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 I would say after after Wendy's, hit the toss-up between Chick-fil-A and Arby's, where I go to second. Yeah, Arby's, Arby's is pretty solid. It's probably one of my the, one of the few fast food places I actually enjoy going to where I don't feel super guilty about. Go get some some curly fries, which are my favorite kind of fries. Get some, get a roast beef, a beef and cheddar, or, you know, chicken tenders. Maybe get some, um, some Montreal sticks. Lots of good stuff to pick from at Arby's, and also, you know, fast casual. I really like Qdoba, stuff like that. So, uh, just McDonald's, I, that's one I will never go to. Well, maybe for their breakfast, but I, I, the, I, the everything last, else after that, no. Man, the last time I was at McDonald's was 
three years ago, I think. I was doing something for work and was on my way back. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to swing by Mickey D's. So. I had I had the Chicken McNuggets in like the last 10 years. And I will say they are so disappointing. There's so much breading and not nearly enough chicken in those. Even, even at, well, you know, because I, I was a kid. Like I used to always go to McDonald's as a kid. My dad and I, he would take me out to dinner on Tuesday nights. And I, we would go to McDonald's. And, you know, as a kid, I wanted a Happy Meal. And I always get the Chicken McNuggets with sweet and sour sauce. Uh, Never went the barbecue sauce, always the sweet and sour sauce. But yeah, having that nostalgia, like it's one of those things that you go back to, and it's like this. This just isn't. This just isn't good. It doesn't hold up. It's not the same, man. But what does hold up, sir, are our trophy counts, which are well, some of us are true trophy whore level. Maybe not so much me, but certainly you and Tricky. And you've got some stories to tell about some trophies you've been earning. Yes, but I before have. Before we get into me calling, not you calling your shot, but also me calling you out. Tricky is level 609 with a total trophy count of 14,137. Tricky's also been busy getting new platinums and new trophies. I am level 443 with a total trophy count of 7,308 with a platinum count of 112 and 111 games. Yield, sir. Newly minted 449 with a trophy count of 7,479 and a platinum count of 127. That is... Three. Yeah, well, and, you know, as as you have, uh, you made a post about in the, the Trophy Horse chat, uh, I basically, you, you know, you're off work this week, so you've got a little extra time to play video games, and I straight up said, how many of, the game, how many of these games are you going to platinum? And you've already platinum, but I think three of the four games three that of the you four said games. you were going to get, so. Yes. You're, you're on a roll. Let's, I am uh, on a roll. Let's, here, let's roll with Sid, and then we'll let you get into what you've been earning. Okay. Sid is a level 517 with a total trophy count of 10,423 and a platinum count of 179. So, yield? Yeah! We, we alluded to before, you're about, you're about ready to re- let the trophies and the platinums roll off your tongue. I t- can tell you can't hold it back any longer. Let, let the storm, the st- storm gates are open, let the flood in. Okay, so I've been still working on Helldivers. Um, we had to fight off the cyborgs off the home planet a couple of times, but... We are we we've been able to do it, and we're pushing back. So hopefully we can win this war. Uh, I've been playing some. You're, you're still on the second campaign, right? Still on the second campaign. Uh, the cyborgs have not defeated us yet, and we're pushing back. So working on that. I've uh, been working on some Knockout City with Nitro and the Brain Seventy Six. Uh, really close to that platinum. I need to get a legendary outfit and win a game with that. I gotta have, I gotta complete a hundred daily contracts, which I should be getting close to that. And, uh, catch a hundred, uh, dodgeballs, which I'm just, I just cracked 800. And I think that's it for the platinum. So, getting close on that one. And then as for my three platinums this week, I finished off Spyro 3 Year of the Dragon, finished off Enemy Front, on the PlayStation 3. And then uh, it took me a couple of extra turns, but I knocked out today Hellblade Send You Sacrifice. And I've also been playing some World of Worship Legends. Oh, jumping back on the World of Worship Legends. Yeah, I know that you said that your second playthrough of Hellblade, you missed one of the runes that you... And you had to go back. It's not a long game, but still, it's probably... You know, I don't know how far you had to go in... Because, you know, with with that game, you know, 
the first two bosses is actually you can choose which way you go. Yeah. So you can either go to Valraven or you can go to Cert. And I don't know, you know, may, hopefully the the rune was in one of those, so you could just kind of go just off the cut, just straight to where you needed to go. Oh no, it wasn't there. It was. Uh, remember the swamp? Is that is the swamp like as you're going towards hell? Yeah, the second trial of Odin. So you you defeat Valraven, you defeat Cert, and then you uh, end up on another shore. And you come up to the dead tree, the great dead tree or whatever it's called. And then you go to get Odin's sword out. Was it Graham? And then you, but you got to put it back together. So you got to do the four trials of Odin. So in the second trial of Odin, depending on how you attack it, is a swamp. And it was in that one that I missed, which I don't know how I missed it my first time through because I followed that guy to a T and only got six of the seven I missed. So. I buzzed back through it today, and it was there, and I got it. So, good. I was afraid I had to make a third playthrough, but didn't have to. So. So that is your third Platinum Trophy here within your, Three days. your shutdown. Yeah. Are are you close to any more? I mean, Knockout City, you're close to. I can see here you're 94%. Helldivers, you're at 75. But Knockout City and Helldivers is still is still going to take some time. Knockout City, like I said, I still got another 200 catches, and I have to get a legendary outfit. And either I have to get the money to wait for one to come up in the store to buy with Hollow Bucks, or I will I could get one with a, as you increase in rank, every every level, you get a different item. that They've got like a pre-assigned, like level one could be... A face. Level two could be an outfit. Level three could be gloves. Anyway, yada, yada, and so on and so forth. My next outfit upgrade possibility won't be until level 100. And I'm like 20 levels out. So we'll have to wait and see if I get a legendary one then. Or if I'll have to buy one from the store. So it's a possibility I could get it by the end of the week. We'll, we'll see. I'm not like holding my breath on that one. Same thing with Helldivers. You know, I still got, I'm only, I'm north, just north of 41,000 kills. So I still got a long way to go there. Oh, you haven't made that much progress since we last talked. No, I dove into it heavy the last couple of days. So I bet I got a good 1,500, 2,000 the last couple of days. Um, Games I'm close to, uh, final season of Walking Dead. And... If I dive back into it, uh, Batman the Enemy Within. Because all I got to do with that is just play through it. And me, well, same story, different day. Same song, different day. New Pokemon Snap. Although I will take the time to crow about our Thursday evening in Rocket League because we did really, really well. I don't think that uh, it was me, you, Homer, and Nitro. And Homer said we something like seven and two. I don't think we were definitely we had a winning record, a very strong winning record. I don't know exactly what the totals were. But yeah, we had a nice little evening on Thursday in Rocket League, so Cheerio, sir. Yes, we did. I, I think I think we went seven and three. I think he went seven and two and we went seven and three. And if you all are on if you all watch Twitch and you like Rocket League, we do run Rocket League every Thursday night at seven. Usually some combination of me, the brain, Nitro, Yield, Tricky, uh, Gareth, and Homer. So uh, if you like watching Rocket League and you like funny banter, 
jump on, and you like seeing grown men get frustrated at video games, jump on to Twitch for uh, twitch.tv slash Proven Gamer to watch us play some Rocket League. So, uh, really, that's all I've been playing. Again, a pretty quiet week again for me with video games. Uh, do want to give some shout-outs to Tricky. I did mention he was getting some Platinums. Uh, he got the Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart Platinum, and he got Adam's Venture Origins as well. So, two new Platinums from Tricky, and uh, yeah. So you and Tricky are, are putting in the work for trophies, and it's going to be a little bit more time before I jump back into the fray. That's okay. I'm trying to move forward with my new titles and clear out my backlog at the same time. It's not going too bad right now. Sometimes I get into a little law, and sometimes I plow ahead. Well, it's summertime, and generally that's a downtime for game releases, so you have the time to maybe go back and play some games for earlier in the year, or maybe even last year, clear out that backlog a little bit. It's just it's generally just a quiet time now that we're in the, the wake of E3 and all the news that came out of that. Although, we do have some newsworthy topics this week, including the director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Eric Baptizat, going joining EA Motive. So Eric has left Ubisoft after 16 years and is now part of EA Motive. This news comes from IGN.com, written by Matt T.M. Kim. The, order, the headline of the article is, Assassin's Creed Valhalla director joins EA Motive working on an unannounced game. According to a report from Axios, as we said via IGN, uh, Baptizat joined Motive back in April, but whatever project he's working on, EA has not yet been announced. It has been rumored recently that EA Motive is working on a reboot of a fan-favorite franchise. So, as to what uh, EA Motive is working on, we're not really sure. Although, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet. In a previous article written by Joe Scrabbles, Game Beats' Jeff Grubb teased that EA Motive was working on an established IP, which Eurogame has now corroborated. And signs pointing to potentially, or rumors swirling around, uh, Dead Space... uh, Quote from the article by Joe Scrubbles, naturally speculation has already begun as to what franchise in question could be, with many latching on to Grub saying, we're going to see it if we're not dead first. Many have taken this to mean the revival will be the long dormant dead space, although Grub has playfully teased fans' guesses on Twitter. So, if you're not familiar with EA Motive, they have done some some good work within the Star Wars universe. Going back to the article by Matt T.M. Kim, Quote, after helping out on Star Wars Battlefront 2, EA Motive shipped the space fighter sim Star Wars Squadrons. Speaking with IGN, Motive's new Patrick, uh, new GM Patrick Klaus says Motive was working on several new unannounced projects that are a mix of both original games and some based on established franchises. So, Yield, we've got a heavy hitter from, U- from Ubisoft, uh, a guy who has, you know, worked there for 16 years, worked on, you know, Projects such as Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Origins now joining the ranks of EA Motive, working on you know what could potentially be a Dead Space game. We don't know. We see I've I've seen you know reports pop up here and there that EA is looking back into reviving Dead Space. So, like, what do you think about EA? You know, getting you know somebody who's got so much experience, worked on so many big games, and what that person can do for EA. Well. Uh- it could be great things as long as EA gets out of their own way and lets the guy do his thing. You know, I mean, EA has produced some really good single player games. I mean, we look at, uh, a way out. Well, it was kind of a co-op game, but that was fun. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was a really good single player game. So they are capable of doing it. 
It's just, can they get out of their own way and not EA it? Speaking specifically of the Dead Space franchise, we obviously, the, the first two games were big hits and, you know, beloved for their, like, the, the whole atmosphere they created in, like, kind of a revival of the survival horror genre in a way that, you know, games since Risen Evil in the late 90s, you know, had not done. So they definitely hit a nerve with that. And those are, you know, fantastic games. And then, unfortunately, like Resident Evil, they tried to go a little bit more co-op-y action in it, which, you know, I, you know, it does sell in a lot of games. Co-op multiplayer does sell in a lot of games, and it can be a big draw. But in something like Dead Space, it just doesn't fit because that game is meant to be atmospheric. You are meant to feel alone and isolated. You are meant to feel like you have limited resources, and you are meant to feel like you are up against the world. And at any point, you could be just, you know dead meat because there are monstrous terrifying aliens all around all right folks he's here he's jumping into the mix tricky mick is back sir so we're talking about eric baptizat's move from ubisoft to ea motive working on an announced game you've played assassin's creed odyssey which he was the game director of how do you feel about this news and do you think that this is a big get for ea you know having seen the quality of assassin's creed odyssey or no assassin's creed um valhalla sorry Valhalla, not not Odyssey. Um, I haven't really played that much of Valhalla. It's one of the games I had to go back and play. Uh, but I do like the work that was done. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, like you said, I played a lot of the Assassin's Creed games. The last ones, Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, they kind of changed up the control stream uh, scheme that I'm not too much of a fan of. I, I like the traditional Assassin's Creed, uh, the way it controlled. But those three games, and he's been involved in all three of them. Uh, this one, obviously, he was the director. I do like the games. I think this is a plus for EA. I just worry, and I don't know if uh, you or Yield has said it already. I just worry that uh, the Assassin's Creed, excuse me, the Assassin's Creed games are very uh, single player focused. I just worry with EA's new move to move to only multiplayer how he's going to fit into it. Is this going to, you know, is he could be able to take his single player mentality and, you know, convert it over to a multiplayer uh, scheme like that. Well, I don't think they're going only multiplayer. I mean, they did just, you know, release the, the mass effect legendary edition with all three, you know, single player games. They're talking about potentially reviving dead space, which is, I don't think they're going to revive it to just be a multiplayer game. They're going to revive it and, you know, treat that series as it should you would hope, as Yield said, if EA gets out of its own way, but I think that's going to be a single-player story there. So, I mean, I don't think that they're just going to abandon single-player. I think that they can find a fit for him somewhere there where it's not just multiplayer. Well, to be fair, the, the Mass Effect games were just remasters. They didn't remake those games. They were just remasters. As far as Dead Space goes, I mean, I, I'm not going to be the, the negative Nancy, but I'm not going to believe them remaking Dead Space until I actually see some kind of footage of it. Because right now, there's been a lot of rumors about what EA is doing, and it didn't really come to fruition. And one thing that I will comment on, you know, it, Assassin's Creed specifically, is that, you know, Assassin's Creed, um, I keep getting it mixed up, but Valhalla, you know, used to be you would get an Assassin's Creed game, and that's what you got. You didn't get any add-ons, you didn't get any extra content post-release. With, especially Valhalla... They're adding more and more stuff. You know, they had a holiday celebration that they added in, in a bunch of content they added into Valhalla for that. And it seems like they're putting more post-release content into Valhalla than any other Assassin's Creed game, which 
to me, seems like the way they should have done it all along. I mean, the whole strategy of, of putting out an Assassin's Creed game every year, sometimes too, it just didn't work. And with this, like, kind of not necessarily as a platform you would think like Fortnite or Rocket League, but just getting added content to Assassin's Creed, like where you could release the game one year and then add to that within the next year instead of having to release a full game, you know, allowing, you know, you built this great world in Valhalla, you know, take advantage of that and make money off of that by selling extra content, you know, as people want to play in that environment more instead of making people jump from one Assassin's Creed game to another. Munch it down, you know, have a little bit of a break, a half year break, and then munch down another one. It's just, it's not sustainable. So I'm glad that they are, you know, doing more with DLC in the Assassin's Creed universe than they had previously in the past. That's true. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little out of it. No, I mean, do you no need to apologize? I mean, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but do you want to explain, because you made a post about it, do you want to explain to the listeners and the community, like, how you feel and what's been up with you? Uh, yeah, I'll give you the short version. Basically, I had a tooth pulled out of my mouth, and unknownst to anybody else, uh, when the doctor, because it was my number 32 tooth, which is a wisdom tooth, it was turned 90 degrees and was underneath my gum. So when the dentist took it out, he apparently nicked a vein in my mouth, and nobody knew about it. Uh, and Prior to the surgery, I was knocked out. You know, I was knocked out because I was going on the anesthesia. They told us we couldn't eat or drink anything for twenty-four hours, so I didn't. When I woke up, the doctor said that I could eat. So on my way to the pharmacy, and you know, on the way home, uh, we stopped at the pharmacy and we stopped at Wendy's to get chicken nuggets. And the doctor told me I'm not allowed to eat anything spicy for twenty-four hours, which that's fine with me because I don't eat anything spicy. I'm a big wuss that way. Unbeknownst to me, uh, the Wendy's person accidentally dropped a spicy nugget into the mix, and I ate it, and I didn't even know because my mouth was so numb that when I ate the spicy nugget, the heat in my mouth made the vein explode, and needless to say, for the next four to five hours, I was bleeding heavily out of my mouth. So I'm hopped up on pain meds right now. I'm on two different pain meds and an antibacterial so if you hear me slurring or anything like that, it's because I'm not exactly in it. But I didn't want to miss another week, and I wanted to be with my boys. So I'm here, but I'm in a lot of pain, but the show must go on. Oh, yeah, and you, I mean, obviously, you know, if you just take a break from talking, you know, you can just listen in and, you know, pop in, chime in when you want. Since you had played more of the recent Assassin's Creed games, I definitely wanted to, you know, get your opinion on Eric Baptist's move to EA Motive. Although I, I will say that I did joke last week because you you'd shared this news with us last Friday, I believe. And I made the joke, you know, that you you make fun of the Midwest for some things. And I said that New York has the world's greatest bagels, according to you. But yet it has Civil War era dentistry. It, you know what it is? It, I, I don't blame the dentist because, you know, he was. I, if anybody knows, the 32 tooth is the bottom right side of your mouth, like all the way in the back. So if he nicked. The, the the vein, you know, there's a good chance he didn't even know what happened because it didn't bleed, it didn't bust, he just nicked it, and then the heat set it off with the spicy nugget. And I've sent the boys the pictures. Uh, it was not a pretty sight. No. As you said, you lost quite a bit of blood. I will say that, you know, maybe after getting a, to a tooth extraction, I understand that you're hungry, especially after 24 hours, who wouldn't be? 
maybe go with applesauce or something, you know, you don't need to chew as much. Well, yeah, it's mashed mashed taters. Well, I hadn't made it home yet, and I was really hungry, so I figured, what's the safe thing to eat? Chicken nuggets. Turns out, don't they have don't they have mashed potatoes at Wendy's? Or I mean, I guess that KFC has mashed potatoes, but they don't have. have, I think they have baked potatoes. Well, you can you can punch it with your fist. You can mash it that way, right, Tricky? You're a tough guy. You you work for New York Sanitation. You're a tough guy. Yeah, but you know, I just want to say, and I mostly want to brag because I missed the section. Even as high as I am, I still got two platinums. We gave you credit for those platinums, and Yield can attest to that. Yes, yes, we did. And, and you know, so I and I also wanted to shove the haters because I got the Ratchet and Clank one. Everybody was saying, "Oh, is he gonna be able to get this one?" Let, 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 let's point out that there is no racing in this Ratchet and Clank. No, but I will argue that the trophy for Return Fire is a lot harder than the racing trophy. Well, dupes said, because I think Dupes was the first one within the community, or at least the first one who posted in the chat, to have the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart Platinum. Said it was far from a hard Platinum, but a very enjoyable and very enjoyable game, so. Yeah, I, I I have my issues with the game, which you know we can go into if we have time. Nothing bad, just you know, things that I have gripes about. You will not sully the good name of Ratchet and Clank, Tricky Mick, even when you're hopped up on pain meds. Well, how about we just, uh, May are you surprised though? Surprised about what? That they focused on the new character that they introduced. It, okay, it's not even that they focused on the character because that I really don't care about that 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 much. What I because without going too hard into it, you basically split your time between the two characters depending on what planet you go to, and some of the key points of the game. Like, in this one, it's Xerxes. I don't remember any other games because I'm a little hazy. You know when you go through the trials, the combat trials, is that normally a Xerxes? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, when you go in and you have, like, the it's the combat area and you have certain challenges you have to do. Yeah. In this game, it's all done by Rivet. Clank's not even involved in it. Clank never even comes to that planet. Half the game, you have Clank on the back of Rivet, because that's where she found him. And somewhere along the lines, Ratchet finds another small robot called Kit. And that's his partner. for the- And then halfway through the game, they meet up. They, they switch back and forth, you know. But it's just, it-, it seemed like this story was more about Rivet and Kit. Than it was about Ratchet and Clank. And not that that's a problem, but this kind of felt like. I, I, I don't know. This kind of felt like the law, like Uncharted's Lost Legacy. Like you focused on these characters, but it still had the Uncharted name on it. That's what it kind of felt like. And like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you can definitely see like they're angling to have two different Ratchet and Clank series. And this. And this is going to be the seri- uh, the spinoff. Well, if anyone can pull it off, Insomnia, I can. And, and just and th- see, this is a minor gripe, and uh, again, this is first world problem. As I was saying, like the two are separated most of the game, but when you buy the Warmonger for for uh for Kit, or excuse me, for Rivet, Clank or uh, Ratchet already has it. 
Like you don't have to rebuy it for him, even though they're they're on separate planets. Like that, it's a minor gripe. I get it. But why why do I want to buy the same gun twice? Because you, if you're buying it for Rivet, who has not met Clank yet, oh, suspension of disbelief. I, I, I don't know. That's one thing I'm willing to forgive. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's a small gripe. It's just like they they've never seen each other. They've never talked to each other. But all of a sudden, you buy one weapon for one, and the other one has the weapon automatically, and it's already upgraded and all this other stuff. Depending, depending on what you do with each character, I get it. It's it's something that can easily be forgiven. But you know, in in the context, in my mind, I'm thinking like that should not be happening. Like I should have to buy it for Ratchet, and I should have to buy it for Rivet. But it's a first world. Well, as enjoyable as Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is, you know, maybe you're looking for a little more challenge in your video games. And look no further than the Axiom Verge series. This news comes from the, the PlayStation blog. Axiom Verge 2 lands on Earth this summer, coming to PlayStation. This is written by Tom Hap, creator of Axiom Verge, the founder of Thomas Hap Games. If you haven't heard of Axiom Verge, I'll give you a quick rundown. And this is quoting from his writing. Axiom Verge is a 2D pixel art action exploration game about a scientist named Trace who wakes up in an alien world called Sun Sudra after a lab accident. I won't spoil the story for those who haven't played it, but suffice to say, the storyline includes themes of what make us, us, and questions of morality and reality. You can also shoot lots of creatures with tons of different weapons and find hidden areas in a labyrinthian map. Now, Trace is the protagonist of the first game. This game, Axiom Verge 2, will feature Indra. So Hap, Hap goes on, Axiom Verge 2 is about Indra, a mysterious billionaire-slash-tech genius who winds up in an alternate version of Earth while in Antarctica. Although there are references to the first game, you won't actually see how they relate until Axiom Verge 3. Because they are separate experiences, you won't have to play Axiom Verge 1 to enjoy Axiom Verge 2. And you know, one of the things that came up with this, this game was that it does have a higher level of difficulty. And Hap explains, quote, I address the difficulty issue in two ways. First, I'm letting players adjust their own difficulty settings. Rather than choosing among easy, normal, and hard mode, players can adjust both how much damage they do and how much damage enemies do. Second, bosses are optional. You will be rewarded for defeating them, but gone are the days where they stood in between you and the rest of the game. But in addition to the approach to bosses and the landscape, combat itself is very different. For one thing, Indra does not have the sheer range of weapons that Trace had at his disposal. She starts off with a pickaxe and does a lot of her fighting up close and personal. Fortunately for her, it's a question of brains over brawn, and she can use her technical skills as a tech, tech genius to hack her enemies. So, go check out the article on the PlayStation blog, uh, again, titled Axiom Verge 2 Lands on Earth This Summer, coming to PlayStation. There is a gameplay video in there, a trailer, and, you know, just in general, go check out Axiom Verge on YouTube or, you know, wherever you want to find videos. PlayStation Network. It does look a, uh, look like a really cool game, so I, I definitely want to keep my eyes on this. Yield, how do you feel about, you know, a novel approach that they're taking to difficulty? You know, instead of just being, like, easy, you know, normal and then hard, you know, they're doing things like taking, making bosses optional optional, and letting you skip bosses because we grew up and it's like play Super Mario Brothers, you have to get past Bowser on the bridge in order to get to the next, you know, world. And granted, you can take warps here and there you can take shortcuts but you know by the time you get to the end of that game you have to get past bowser and you know in most of the games that we play yeah there might be optional bosses but there are a set number of bosses that you have to beat before you can progress in the story uh you know i'd have to give it a try uh it sounds interesting uh it, it kind of sounds 
Breath of the Wild-ish, where, you know, you can attack the the dungeons however you want. So this is allowing, you know, there's either going to be bosses or you can either fight the bosses or you don't have to. Um, I would say it would probably be a lot better if you did, because you'll probably get better weapons and things like that. So it'll just have to, I'll just would have to see how it's implemented to see how cool it is. One of my favorite aspects of any video game, really, I mean, music environments, like stuff like that, you know, yes, I do appreciate and do enjoy. And that's very memorable for me within the game space, but bosses, that's always been one of my favorite aspects of any video game, whether it be, you know, Teenage Mutant Turtles, Turtles in Time, whether it be something like Bloodborne or Shadow of the Colossus or Okami, bosses have always stuck out to me. And perhaps maybe there's no better example than something like Ocarina of Time, where the dungeons and the bosses are just so, even all these years later, so fresh in my mind. So, you know, giving people different ways to play a game and progress through a game, I mean, it's not a bad thing because obviously if, you know, I want to fight the bosses and, and, you know, push through and persevere, I can do that. You know, if there's somebody else who just maybe wants to experience the story and have a little lighter trek through Axiom Verge 2, you know, going around the bosses, it's not a bad option for them. I think that, you know, as, you know, we grew up when games on the Nintendo and stuff were really hard. Stuff like Battletoads, like Rygar. There was no difficulty option. It was just hard as F. Yeah, and in most games, you had to complete it in one day. There was no saves file or anything. You just had to complete it in one day or, you know, use like Game Shark or, you know, built-in codes like in Mega Man. Over the t- over time, especially in the last 20 years, it seems like game developers, you know, they want you to get to the end of the game, so they've made, you know, games more accessible to people, not only through gameplay, but also in difficulty, and it seems like, you know, there was kind of, at first, like, a backlash to, you know, making games easier, because, you know, people, people want challenge in video games. And I can't remember what exactly it was, but there were some games that were, weren't they trying to implement, like, you could, you know use specifically like a, a mechanism within the game to like essentially play the game for you to get past a hard part and you could reassume control later there was either it was that tech sounds was, vaguely familiar there was tech that was patented or it was actually implemented in a game and i can't exa- actually actually remember like there there have been you know podcasts like something like cj uh his podcast pushed a plat like you know um press x to win was i think another podcast here on proven gamer just kind of alluding to the fact that games have gotten easier and you know i don't know i don't know how most people feel about it and personally like if i can still invest and take on the challenge but yet somebody else can maybe you know if they want to sidestep some of that i'm I'm fine with that as long as i still have the option to take up the challenge and i don't know how you feel about that i feel like i'm i feel like i'm two minds of it i mean I, like you said i want the challenge but somehow i'm not like against not having to fight boss battles and I can't, I can't put my finger on why. I'm just like, that's an interesting concept. You know, it's hard to tell, you know, give you an accurate picture of the game just from the words in the description. So definitely go check out a trailer for Axiom Verge 2. I will say that it's a really pretty game in a way that you don't normally think of games, you know, in a 4K generation, you know, with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S. And even the Nintendo Switch, you think about how good games can often look. This is, you know, beautiful in a much different way. The pixel art graphics actually, I mean, they look really, really nice, even though, you know, the landscapes look more primitive than what, you know, we would consider beautiful by 4K to standards now. But it's a really interesting game, so I encourage everyone to go go check out Axiom Verge 2. You know, I'm sure as 
video games, as, as popular as they are, and they're kind of bleeding into other media like movies and television, I'm sure that we're all excited to see The Last of Us television show once it officially airs and debuts. One of the forms of you know video game adaptations coming to movies that never quite worked out was Mass Effect. This article comes from J. Kim Murphy on IGN. Headline, Bioware reveals the fate of the planned Mass Effect movie. Quote, back before Mass Effect was even a complete trilogy, Hollywood was preparing to mount a film adaptation of the hit Bioware sci-fi series. After running into some screenwriting difficulties, the project never came to fruition. Mac Walters, the project director for Mass Effect Legendary Edition, recently discussed the fate of the movie, citing uncertainty on how to fit the game's sprawling narrative into the format of a commercial blockbuster. Quote, felt like we were always fighting the IP, Walters told Business Insider. What story are you going to tell in, in 90 to 20, 120 minutes? Are we going to do it justice? Walters also cited a change in leadership at Legendary Pictures as a result, a reason the film project fell to, to the wayside. Studio Brett bought rights to, the film, to a film adaptation of Mass Effect back in 2010, with Warner Bros. attached to serve the distributor. So things kind of fall, fell off from there. Obviously, you know, Back in the 90s, video games to film adaptations were almost like death. They just had this, this stench of death on them because they weren't really that great. You know, we can sit here and talk about how much we enjoyed Mortal Kombat, but generally, the movies weren't that good. I can say that personally, we have watched The Witcher, the first season of The Witcher, and we are excited to, to watch season two of The Witcher. We mentioned HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us. You've got stuff like Netflix, uh, Netflix's take on Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed. So a lot of stuff going to TV. And that's something that was mentioned by Walters in this article. Uh, quote, if you're going to tell a story that's fleshed out as Mass Effect, TV is the way to do it, Walters said. When we build out a Mass Effect game, we have a backbone or an overall story that we want to tell, but each level or mission is like its own TV episode. It doesn't get written ahead of time. It gets written at the time that we get to, to it. So it gets added to the main story, and sometimes the main story just gets adjusted because we did something really cool in that episode. So long-form storytelling is a great place for great game franchises. End quote. Again, uh, we were we saw that article via IGN, but you can read the original on Business Insider. Uh, that is written by Travis Clark. Headline, Mass Effect video game director explains what happened with a scrapped movie adaptation and why TV would be better. So, you know, we all think of a game like Shadow of the Colossus and, you know, how that was, you know, there were talks of a, a movie about Shadow of the Colossus, but then you think, okay, well, how can you really do this in a movie format? And there's so many other things you know, Bioshock being a franchise, and is that a, a good format? Is movie, are movies a good format for that? It seems like more and more these days, if people are looking to bring video game franchises, you know, you think video game franchises have two, three games in the series. How do you do that within a movie franchise with the proliferation of stuff, of like original TV series on Netflix and, you know, Hulu and Amazon Prime or Amazon Video? You've also got Netflix. You're seeing more and more video games turn to the TV format because you can do a lot more storytelling and a lot more depth to pay proper respect to the story and the characters. You know, obviously we're going to see Tom Holland in an Uncharted movie, but even with that movie, you know, coming to the silver screen to the cinemas, you would think that much like The Last of Us, you'd rather see that on television because you just get more story in that. So do we do we think that? You know, going, you know, for video games in general, especially longer series, is television the way to go? I would say yes, because I I honestly don't have the excitement 
for video games when they come to movies. Because to me, when you take series like Mass Effect, Uncharted, The Last of Us, their story has already been told in the games. So now you're going to base a TV series loosely based on the story you've already been told. Where, in my opinion, if we were going to have a movie, you would want it... I would either want a totally different story that has nothing to do with the games, or I want a story told within the grand picture that we've already been told. So I would say that television is best because you can draw it out longer and you can detail more things and tell more of a full story. Whereas a movie, you just got to kind of hit the high points. Well, yeah, I mean, think of Shadow of the Colossus. Like in a movie, you know, are you just going to have a movie of, you know, that did kind of draw out and show all 16 Colossus being slain? Or what are you going to turn into a montage? Are you going to have maybe five Colossi featured and then maybe do a montage for the rest of them? You think about a TV format, you could do dedicate one episode per Colossus. And it's almost perfect. Bioshock. You tend not to think of the connection between Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite because they're two, you know, two very seemingly different settings, but they're connected. Columbia and Rapture are connected, and you play, you go to Rapture in the DLC for Bioshock Infinite. You know, one season, two seasons, you could do a TV series where it's like three seasons, where you could do the first season is telling the story of Rapture. Second season is telling the story of Columbia. And then third season, you show how it all combines, and it all fits together. And I don't mean to shit on Bioshock 2, because I, I think Bioshock 2 is a very fun game. I think it... You know, mechanics-wise, it is a better, especially in terms of the combat, it's a better game than Bioshock. Obviously, it doesn't have that story punch of going to Rapture, just the the fear of stepping out into Rapture the first time and just experiencing that world all anew. But, you know, I think that the keys would be to focus on the, the story for Bioshock 1 and then Bioshock Infinite and, and just showing how those tie together. That'd be much better for a limited series on TV or just a TV a television series rather than a movie. Just because the universe has become so big. Tricky, do you, do you have any thoughts on, you know, video game franchises you'd like to see turned into TV adaptations? Or do you think that TV is just a better way to go for video games because video game stories and universes be, have become so sprawling? You know, when it comes to the uh, movies versus TVs, I'm, I'm kind of a fan. I love the big screen, you know, feel of things. But when it comes to telling a story, I think TV series are much better for it because you can... There's not so much of a pressure to fit the whole entire story into the movie, where a lot of these video game movies, the problem with them is that us as the fans of the video games, we we experience sometimes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 hours in a game or a series, and we always feel like, okay, well, the movie definitely didn't live up to the hype because... They didn't tell this part of the story. They didn't p- tell that part of the story. And like one of my greatest franchises that I love is Metal Gear. How the hell are you going to fit the lore of Metal Gear in an hour and a half or two hours? There's just no possible way you could do that. Where if you did that over the course of a TV show, it works so much better because you could take your time and tell the story and not feel condensed and packed into it. Even the recent Mortal Kombat movie, like... It was much better than the original movies, but it was also much worse because 
they completely changed the story to fit it into a movie, which then felt like, well, this isn't a Mortal Kombat movie. This is just a fighting movie with the characters that we know and the abilities they have instead of actually telling the lore of Mortal Kombat. So I, I do feel like a TV series is better for telling a story. But if you want the big, you know, over the top stuff, then the movies are the better option, I feel. If you are enamored with a video game series, you know, obviously you don't want to see, you know, all that condensed into one movie or, you know, maybe even two movies. You know, you think about like even like a television, like one season of a television series, you know, eight episodes, 10 episodes. Netflix generally does 10 episodes. That's, you know, you do an hour each. It's like, you know, anywhere between, I mean, six and eight hour movie, essentially. You just don't have to consume it all at once. I just, for the sake of sake of storytelling and because, you know, back in the day, yeah, sure. For the Super Mario Brothers movie and for the Mortal, the first two Mortal Kombat movies, one movie was fine. You know, one, because people wouldn't want to sit there and come back and watch it every week. It just didn't have that draw or the quality. But there wasn't a lot to go off. There, there wasn't a lot of source material. Now... As video game, you know, scripts and, you know, writing has become far more in depth and, like I said, pretty sprawling and you have these well, very well thought out universes that carry over one, two, three, four games and, yes, have become franchises, you want to see more of that st- story come in. You don't want to see it cut out. So, you know, much like books, when books are adapted to, you know, the television screen, video games are becoming far more, you know, complex and their stories and their characters are far more complex. So you would want to see that play out. You know, in more than two hours, three hours, you would want to see it. You know, the the TV screen is the best place for it. You know, I'm I'm excited to see what they do uh, in Uncharted and how Tom Holland's performance pans out. But honestly, given how much we've seen from Uncharted, or given the the how much we've invested into the universe of Uncharted, it seems a lot better for a TV show format. I mean, you think about each season could be, you know, the gang. I say the gang like they're, you know, the mystery machine, they're the Scooby and his friends. But every season could be, you know, them going to a certain, looking for a certain treasure or a certain, like, legendary place. And that could be the season, and the next one could be another adventure. It's just, it just would fit so much better in a TV series. And you know, not to get down on the Uncharted movie, but... Oh, and Tricky, you mentioned, I, I forgot to say this earlier, but you mentioned, you know, splitting off Ratchet and Clank, kind of how they did Uncharted with The Lost Legacy, you know... After, you know, Nadine and Chloe's spinoff, you haven't seen it much besides that. Like, it seems like that's kind of the standalone, and there's only one of those. I don't, you know, if we're using those two examples, it's kind of like a, hey, we're going to do side-by-side Ratchet and Clank games. It, you know, using Lost Legacy may not, may, it's a decent example, but also it doesn't seem like they're doing anything else with a, you know, a story between Nadine and Chloe. We just got one of those. Well, there there has been a rumor lately that, uh, I don't know if it's Uncharted, or excuse me. I don't know if it's Naughty Dog, but there has been a rumor that they are making another Uncharted game. This one not featuring Nate, but they did say there is a heavy rumor that they are making another Uncharted game. So you would assume that if it's not Nate, that it's going to be Chloe and Nadine. Or, if you have finished Uncharted 4, you could assume that they introduce a new character in that, that they would then be launching off with a new game. I think it's a little too early for that character to be... Uh, Dude, they can set video games, the stories in video games, 20, 30 years afterwards. True, but you also got to figure that if they're going to make a game with that character, that, um, I can't think 
Elena. His wife? Thank you. Yeah. So his girlfriend is his wife. Well, you know what I meant. I, I'm a little loopy here. Give me... Cr- <laughs> uh, the, Nate and her are going to have to make a, a cameo, so... Well, yeah, that they would have to, but... Well, I mean, it's like, it's like Han Solo and, Carrie and uh, Princess Leia in Episode 7 of Star Wars... You, the Force Awakens, like you have to have something to bridge to the new series from the old one. You got to have those characters to bridge it over. So yes, Chloe or not, not Chloe, but Elena and Nate, and maybe Sully. I don't know. I listen. I I think TV shows. I granted, I've been home on the couch for the last four days now. Uh, my tooth injury, and I've been watching some knocking out some TV shows. I I think. I think TVs are better for storytelling. Movies are better for action. Yeah, I I can go for I could go for that. I mean, like I'll I'll point out like for TV shows, I'll point out like The Mandalorian to me is way better storytelling than anything 789 could possibly imagine. Right. Now, just just you know, cuz I'm a little loopy and this may be crazy, but you've seen The Mandalorian yield Yes, I have. Could you picture all, what, eight of those episodes packed into an hour and a half well, story? There's two seasons, so there's more than eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're up to 16 episodes. But okay, but I know, but, but I get, but, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, you could not, the story that they told, and especially how each episode is its own thing, but there's an overarching story that goes into each and every one of those, there's no way you could do that in a movie, let alone three movies, and 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 hit all the high points. And I, I think those episodes are what are they a half hour piece or are they an hour piece? They're uh, the longest one's about forty. They're normally about twenty to thirty minutes with a couple of forty minutes thrown in there. Right. So you figure eight episodes. That's four hours of storytelling. Yeah, at, at a minimum. Minimum. So you try packing all that into down to an hour and a half, two hours. You're cutting out half the story right there, at least. Yeah. Well, and just think about how we consume games. Like, yes, we may sit down for four to six hours and play video games, sometimes, you know, a lesser amount. But within that playtime, even if you play for a lot of a lot of time, how much story are you actually experiencing? Like, if you go to a planet Ratchet and Clank, I'm sure that a lot of that's just combat and, you know, trying to solve puzzles. But... Within terms of the story, you're getting what maybe an hour of actual story, and the rest is gameplay that you could easily chop down to a TV show. Yeah. So, and yes, yes, we do love our story-based video games, but multiplayer, it's you know, quite, needless to say, it's quite popular these days, and it looks like Insomniac Games is is trying to focus a little bit more on multiplayer. I believe we touched this on this before on the show, but you know, just kind of here's a little bit more. To the discussion. From IGN and Rebecca Valentine, the headline is Spider-Man Ratchet & Clank developer is working on a multiplayer project. The makers of Ratchet & Clank and Marvel's Spider-Man Insomnia Games appear to be gearing up for work on a project with a heavy emphasis on multiplayer. This comes from a multiple job post into the studio, which Insomniac says are for a multiplayer project. Among other roles, Insomniac is looking for a creative director, a story lead, an art director, and systems designer specifically for multiplayer systems. The system designer role asks for candidates to design player interactions and systems for a multiplayer environment, indicating whatever this multiplayer game is, it's likely pretty involved and complex, certainly more than just a multiplayer component thrown into a single-player game. 
The same listing also asks for a thorough understanding of melee combat, enemy design, and boss design. I will say, breaking from the quote, that Ratchet and Clank has a heavy emphasis on narrative, melee combat, enemy, and boss design. That's all I'll say. Uh, the story lead job looks similarly detailed and inc- indicates that the narrative aspects are tied in closely with the multiplayer component as 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 it asks for experience with multiplayer narratives. Insomniac has done primarily single-player games, you know, Marvel Spider-Man, Sunset Overdrive, Ratchet & Clank, which, you know, some of the Ratchet & Clank games have featured multiplayer, but there's been a focus on, on Solo in most of those. But they have done, you know, they did the Resistance games, which did have multiplayer components in all of them. So, when you mix together, you know, trying to mix story with multiplayer, boss design, I think, to me, what that says, and if I had to guess, you've got something like All for One, but I think on a much bigger scope, where it's less of a story game and more of a free-for-all in an like, maybe not an arena, but you, you think of, you could do a multiplayer game with Ratchet and Clank, where you could do co-op missions that have a giant I've boss to fight. Multiplayer games with Clank. What's that? They have, they have done multiplayer games with Ratchet and Clank. It was called for All for One, right? Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned that. Yeah, All for One. But that was that was like everyone working together to, you know, finish the story. I think that, you know, you could have co-op missions where you maybe like do a raid or take on a boss. And, you know, because they talked about boss and enemy design. But, you you know, within, you know, a co-op mode, you could do a lot with a Ratchet and Clank story. And also just generally think about, you know, the combat that you could do with, you know, a multiplayer combat game, like a King of the Hill or like a Deathmatch or something like that, you could do with the Ratchet and Clank universe, like with the weapons in Ratchet and Clank. I don't know. It seems to me like all of the things they describe fit Ratchet and Clank. Or could it be a Sunset Overdrive 2? Yeah, but that it, that was more single player, wasn't it? Uh, that I, I, I don't know. That was the first thing that came to my mind when they said that they were you know, I saw the article was a wonder if it's a Sunset Overdrive 2. Well, I mean, they, they did, you know, they do own own Sunset Overdrive now, um, having, you know, owning the trademark. So, I mean, we would hope that they would do something with Sunset Overdrive in the future. But I don't know. Multiplayer just, I feel like they've wanted to do like proper multiplayer with Ratchet and Clank. They just haven't found the best way to do it. And not to crap on all for one, but while, you know, it was fun. It was not the most well-received Ratchet and Clank game, which which they've definitely, I think, tried to shy away from that and you know focus more on the single-player stuff until they could figure out how to best bring multiplayer Ratchet and Clank. Anybody have a better? I mean, it could be a completely new IP, but I, I think they're probably going to stick with the IPs they have. Uh, but you know, I was saying earlier about Ratchet and Clank. Now that they've introduced Riven and uh, Kit, that's two more characters they could use. So. Maybe that's why my feelings of them pushing them hard in this game was because they were just setting it up for the next game. We will have to see what Insomniac is up to, but I'm excited for the future because Insomniac is, uh, they do good fucking work. Real good work, as we've seen with Marvel Spider-Man, as we've seen with Ratchet & Clank. You know, it's, it, the Resistance games were great, so, you know, the, the future is definitely bright for Insomniac. And, you know, I, as we've seen, I think all of us... Even though we prefer story-based games, we can all get into multiplayer. It just kind of takes the right game. And, you know, who knows? Maybe Insomniac will have that with a future Ratchet and Clank or, you know, new IP, whatever it might be. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they're up to. So, uh, we don't really have uh, any questions from the community. So, I kind of just thought of a quick question that I would ask you guys 
and see what you had to say on the subject. I gave this, I, I threw this to Yield a little earlier, so he's had some time to think about it. Tricky, read you the question. I'll give my answer, throw it to Yield, and then, you know, give you some time to think on this. But what's the platinum that got away? So you think of a platinum trophy that you haven't, you weren't able to earn, but you really wish you could flex with it, or a platinum trophy that you would like to go back to in the future because it's just, it's the one that got away. So for me, Vanquish. I know that it's an extremely difficult game, and Donnie and I talked for years about how, you know, it was it was a struggle to get it, and most people would never get it. And you, if you wanted true proper respect as a trophy horror, that's a game that could get it for you. And what happened with me is, you know, I, I got through the tactical challenges all to the final the final one, and I just couldn't get over that hill. I couldn't get over that hump, and so I put the game down for a bit. And my original PS3, my fat PS3, my sixty gigabyte died on me. And this is probably the biggest reason that I advocate for PS Plus. If I had had cloud saving, I would still have that save data. Granted, you know, who knows, maybe I would have never beaten the tactical challenges anyway, but to have my PS3 die on me with no save data outside of that PS3 and lose all that work in Vanquish and never be able to return to try and get that bottom at least one more time, it's just, it's that's the one that got away from me is Vanquish. Yield. Uh, you know, I will say uh, The Last of Us. I, I just... my answer. Yeah, I just... It, it's it's dangling there. I I I've thought about maybe going back and trying to to play the what do you got to play the sixty eighty games to get through the multiplayer. I've I've thought about giving it a whirl, but yet then again, I'm just like man, I just don't know if I want to do that grind. But that would be one I'd like to have because I mean I haven't played The Last of Us two yet, but I have all the. And I say current, as in like from uh, PS3 on, current Naughty Dog Platinums, except for that one. That I own. We'll put that in quotations there. I, th- that would be one that I would... I would That and probably Warhawk. If I'd have kept grinding, I'd, I'd have been doggone close. Because I was already at 78% of the trophies. See, my answer is The Last of Us, but for not because of the multiplayer, just because I, I I've said this many times. I don't want to sour my uh, my opinion of the game. I don't want to sour my experience with it because I think, uh, as you know, I've said many, many, many times, The Last of Us is by far my favorite game of all time, and I just don't want to go back in and play that game on. I, I keep wanting to call it Survivor, but it's something else, isn't it? Well, grounded is the difficulty that they added in afterwards as a download. Second, grounded was the, the the difficulty they added in with the DLC, so that was the hardest one. No, no, I was I was thinking of crushing from Uncharted. That's I I, I keep confusing the two of them. Uh, yeah, but I I still want to go back and play that game on Survivor and sour you know the experience that I had with it. So that's one that you know I. I'd love to have the Platinum in The Last of Us because I'd love to be able to say I have the Platinum in my favorite game of all time, but it's to me, it's not worth going back and souring that experience. So that's the one that got away from me. And uh, before we move on and, and close this out and uh, get the hell out of here, so uh, just just a little community love on the Trophy Horrors Facebook group. Want to read some posts from there. Uh Levi posted, and Levi's been going through the 2018 God of War. Levi writes, God of War 2018 initial thoughts, roughly 25% of the way through. 
The style of game is def- definitely isn't my thing. Hack and slash button mashers don't do it for me. That said, this is an enjoyable adventure and I'm kind of liking it. Seems to be a decent story. Great game mechanics. We'll update again halfway through. Tricky, that's that one of your favorite games of all time. What, what, do you, what do you think of what Levi's saying there? Well, I see, he, he had a poll whether or not to play God of War Skyrim and God of War hands down won. Um, but I knew when he did that poll that he was going to struggle with this because he doesn't like the hacks and slashes. But I, I think, uh, as Levi can hear this, I, I think you would agree with this, uh, Alex. This God of War is le- less hack and slash than the original ones. And the the fantastic story, you know, more than compensates for having a hack and slash through your way through it. I think that's fair to say. I don't think it's accurate to call it a hack and slash because it takes you know the PS two ones and the PS three one, uh, God of War three. They were very hack and slash. You know, even Ascension, like pretty much any God of War game before this, like they were true hack and slash. So this one's far more methodical. So I don't know if if calling it hack and slash is quite so is quite fair because I think it takes a little bit more strategy. But, you know, unless you played the original God of Wars, you know, the the kind of the, the one in Greek mythology, it's kind of hard to understand. So, um, Curtis posted a meme featuring Korg. It says, in in-game, Korg is playing PS4, even though it is 2025. This is because PS5 is still out of stock. Yeah, I posted that picture like three weeks ago. That's fine. Curtis is bringing back the funnies. Curtis is trying to bring some joy to our day by sharing a funny featuring our friend Korg. Korg is a badass. I love yeah, Korg. He's stealing my joke. I, I love you, Kurt. I'm just messing with you. Don't shit on Curtis. I, he's a valued member of our community. He, he is. He's trying to spread the love. He is. We have a new addition to the community. David, David B, says, Hey, all, thanks for the ad. Currently 90 Platinums in and no sign of stopping. Feel free to add me. Uh, the PSN name is Shane underscore Lizard underscore. I'm assuming he has no problem with us sharing that because he shared on the Trophy Watch Facebook group. Uh, latest Platinum is from, let's see, what what is this game? Uh, Breakout Gaming's Baseball Challenge Mode Edition. Congratulations, David, on your newest Platinum. Uh, keep sharing those those trophies. Uh, and yeah, the welcome to community. And uh, yeah, hopefully you feel right at home in the mix. Already gave Tricky his credit for his two Platinums this week, and we won't give him any more than that. You know, uh, before we move on, I think it's only fair that uh, I, I share something with you gentlemen. You've had to go a couple shows without it. Oh, well, this is Yield's favorite. Those are for all the haters. <laughs> I just realized, like, we're in the, we're in the social, uh, you know, space of the show, and we didn't do the sound bite. Oh, and definitely, I want to I want to throw this out there as a little idea. Um, so we've had requests for you know a little bit more trophy talk here on the show, and I at least you know as maybe a step more into that direction to get more trophies on the show. I want to throw this out to Sid. Now I know that Sid had gotten a little burnt out with the with the uh, you know the trophy talk, you know, doing Sophie's trophies. So maybe not every week, but Sid, could we get you on once a month? With the Sophie's trophies, could we do that? Could we bring that back around? I think the listeners would really enjoy that, and we would love to hear. You know, we we don't have you on very often, and we would all love to hear your voice again, even if it's just once a month. So, can we do that? I'll throw that out there for Sid. What do you guys think? I've been trying to get Sid to do this for a while. I mean, uh, Sid, uh, 
to his credit, is, is he's had some major life changes. I mean, he just had another kid. I I, I want to say it was a while ago, but uh, well, it wasn't. It was not particularly recent. Yes, that he and Mandy welcomed another baby to the world quite some time ago. Right, and I you know I've been talking to him on and off for a while now, and you know he he wants to get back, but the the biggest problem is finding the time, and also you know he doesn't want to fall into the uh, into the I don't want to call it a trap. Um, but just the struggle of trying to find a game to talk about every week. I think he'd more like to do it, you know, when he finds a game that interests him to be able to talk about that. So maybe not an every week segment, but, uh, you know, when he finds a game that he likes and wants to talk about, maybe he could do it on that show. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's why I said once a month, you know, right? maybe try to make it real thing. If not, you know, you'd just like to have more interaction with Sid on the show. So, and, you know, I get it. You know, I hope that, you know, Sid didn't hear me talk about my dislike necessarily of, of trophies and, you know, kind of wishing them away and thinking that I, you know, the Sophie's Trophies was not a, a segment that I appreciated. I very much did appreciate Sophie's Trophies. I understand the, the pressure of having to find a game to talk about, you know, every week and a trophy list to do, which honestly, that's one of the things that I don't really like the idea of having a dedicated trophy segment is because we may not always have trophies to talk about because we may be playing a game for two, three four weeks, a couple months, you know, and we may not be playing a game on the PlayStation, maybe something else. So, you know, my comments are certainly not a diss at Sid or Sophie's Trophies. I, I definitely enjoyed what Sid brought to the show. Classed it up quite a bit. Yeah, I just, it's kind of hard to make a, a a promise to do a trophy segment when we may not always have a trophy set to suck, talk about. But I just, you know, just wanted to show appreciation for Sid and everything Sid brought to the show and just, just see maybe if we can get Sid back in a small way and get him yet yeah, back once a month you know, maybe once every other month or something like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna reach out to him again. Actually, I would reach out to him right now, but he's probably sleeping. So, well, yeah, he's across the pond, and it's eight twenty-three here. It's like two in the morning over there. Yeah, he's probably up with the kid anyway. All right, y'all. Let's bring this show to a close. And Woo-hoo! yeah, so let's let's do some shout-outs. Let's do a little love to the community. Yield, sir. So, uh, shout out to. You, Alex, the tricky for recording this fine Monday. Uh, see who else do I want to hit? Shout out to Nitro and the Brain for our uh, balls of steel knockout city clan that I just posted uh, your showcase on. Tricky just posted a showcase that I decided to finally stream until the internet was not cooperating with me. Uh, there is a video of me throwing Tricky off the map, but we killed somebody. But I, I killed him in the process. Is, is that in the video? That is in the video. That's awesome. And, and, so wait, and, you're, and, you're not just muting Tricky anymore. You're throwing him off the edge of, of well, the levels. See, okay. See, if if, if he can if, take his frustration out that way, I, I think we'd appreciate that better. And all honestly, truth be told, when I when I did it, a lot of times when you hit the character, you bounce up. So I figured, okay, he'll hit him. He'll bounce up. He'll hit his. He'll hit his glider. He'll glide back in. He'll be fine. Well, he smacked the character, killed him, and then fell down quicker than the character he killed. And I was like, well, that didn't work out very well. But hey, we both got the kill. So anyway, so shout out to Nitro, the Brain76, also tricky. He joined in for a while for Knockout City. Uh, shout out to Alex for, I, I was going to work on this anyway, but Alex kind of threw it out there that I kind of had to do it for my this call my shot over shutdown. So, so far, I'm one platinum away from hitting what I said I was going to do, so that's pretty good. Um, 
And always shout out to the listeners, Pimps and the Madams of the Whoredom, for interacting, downloading, listening, being the cool people that you are. Thank you. Absolutely tricky. Uh, it's very rare that I don't go last. Uh, give a shout out to Sweet Mama D, who unfortunately, because of my tooth issues, I was unable to see this weekend. Uh, I, I didn't think it was wise to have my kid around alone while I'm hopped up on pain meds. Probably not a good idea. Uh, shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. A big mother effing twerp you to the Wendy's employee who decided to stick a spicy nugget in my normal nuggets. You were talking to Ashley and I on the phone yesterday, and you specifically said that the doctors told you not to drink coffee, and you were like, so hey, do you think it's okay to drink hot coffee? Well, no. He they he said don't eat anything overly hot or spicy for 24 hours. But they, but they also said they wanted you to do cold drinks, too. And here you are asking about hot coffee. And not the hot coffee you find in the code of Grand Theft Auto. Three days later, that's why I was asking. But I was asking because of the trauma of bleeding. I didn't know, like, combined with the original surgery and, you know, the trauma. I call it trauma. Listen, I, 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 I tell people that I nearly died, and, I'm you know, obviously I'm over-exaggerating a lot. But I did bleed a shit ton. Uh, the guys had the pictures to prove it. Uh, I was more worried about oh, reopening the wound because uh, I have sleep apnea, so I sleep with a mask. And I explained this to you all of the phone, Alex. Uh, I can't put the mask on because one of the straps goes right along my drawline, which is severely swollen right now and in pain. So I wasn't able to sleep. So in order to be up and actually be functioned, I wanted to drink some coffee to wake myself up. And that's why I asked that question. Just, just be careful what you're putting in your mouth there for a while, Tricky. That's what Tricky. she said. Tricky, you got any more shout-outs, sir? Uh, yeah, shout-out to Ashley and Alex for listening to me. Hi, is a kite on the phone yesterday, ramble on for, I think it was like closer to 20, 30 minutes. Something like that. You usually ramble for a while. Whenever you call me up, it's like, we like, like these episodes, like we could turn two news stories into an hour and a half. Uh, you turn a two-minute conversation into a half-an-hour diatribe. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to my dog, Bella, who literally has not left my side this entire time, and normally uh, we I do this thing with her uh, during the day that uh, I, I lay in my bed and we do what cuddles, but it turns into a little roughhousing. This, ever since I've had the surgery, uh, she you know, I lay in the bed you know, to go to sleep, and she just gets up on the bed peacefully and just lays right next to me. And she even licks the uh, where the swollenness is very gently than I've ever seen this dog do. So uh, when they say that dogs don't know that you're in pain, don't sympathize with you, it's complete bullshit because this dog has turned into a big mush. Uh, not that she's not normally a mush. Pities are protectors. Um, but she's definitely left uh, st- stood by my side. Uh, and you know, to, to give her. Credit again, I know this isn't a dog podcast. You know, obviously, you're supposed to walk a dog two to three times a day. The The first day that I was on this pain medications, I was so out of it that I didn't walk her for a complete 36 hours. And not once did she pee or poop on the floor. And, you know, obviously, she struggled because I was struggling. So, she's a good dog. Well, also, to be fair, I mean, like, I don't know how long of a walk you're talking about, but it is summer and it's hot outside. And pennies aren't built for stamina, so you can't keep them out in the sun too long, especially when it's ninety degrees out there. So, we I, I call I call my dog the the dog father because she likes to 
She goes go out, does her business, and immediately runs to the neighbor's house to get treats because they spoil her. She shakes down neighbors and knocks on their doors. To get treats. That's the way dogs should be spoiled. Spoil run. Uh, yeah, and uh, I I know uh, I haven't said her name in a while, but I have to give a shout out to the goddess. Uh, if it wasn't for her, uh, what no? Who knows what would have happened uh, Friday after the surgery when I started bleeding. Uh, she really stepped up and took care of me. Uh, she came where she lives to take care of me. And I have to give her a huge shout out because she definitely deserves it. Uh, in many ways, she probably saved my life on Friday. So, shout out to her. All right. So, last but not least, uh, I want to thank the listeners, the community. Thank you guys for fostering that community feel, whether it be through Gamer Nights, through Twitch, through the podcast. You know, thank you for your interactions. Uh, big shout out to, to David for, for sharing his latest platinum as a new member of the community. Like I said, keep that coming. We'd love to see that. We love to see the flexing. We love to see the, the trophy gains. Uh, shout out to, to Tricky for not dying and playing through the pain and, and being yes, here despite yes, all, having always a, good. Don't die. Despite having this is the number one goal in life. Shout out for not dying. Uh, and you know, playing through the pain and being here when his mouth is swollen. Yield, shout out to you, sir, for not only for our tremendous wins in Rocket League, but also for spreading the knowledge here, the greatness, bringing the awesome here on the Trophy Wars podcast. Uh, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Ashley, a former EMT who was able to give Tricky some valuable medical advice. Uh, she's kicking ass in her new job. She's you got all of her superiors praising her, so love to hear that. But also, we had a fun weekend. We went to the Renaissance Fair, the Kentucky Highland Renaissance Festival uh, in Eminence, Kentucky. Had a lot of fun. And then we went to our first ever drag brunch yesterday at Lemu in Louisville. That's tons of fun. So we had a great weekend. So shout out to my awesome girlfriend. Love you, honey. Thanks for not letting Tricky kill himself with chicken nuggets. We're telling him to steer away from that. That's my chicken nugget. You, it's a hell of a if you are the Titanic, that chicken nugget is your iceberg. <laughs> well played. Well, I believe, with nothing else, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 485. Again, we are getting dangerously close to episode 500, which is another good reason you didn't try to die tricky, because it would be real sad if you died before we got to 500. Thank you all for listening, and until next week, happy trophy hunting. Stop stealing my catchphrase. Well, if you're not, well, you if you're not hosting, generally I have to do it, so I'm just used to doing it. Happy Independence Day. This song is fucking great. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. What is up, folks? Thanks for sticking with us to the end of another episode of Trophy Horrors. 
before we get out of here, you know how we got to do. We got to clean this shit up with some housekeeping. I want to give you guys ways that you all can interact with us. We love interacting with you all, so we'd do like to do that as much as possible. Best way for you all to do that is to go on our Facebook page, Trophy Whores, and just interact with us there. Post memes, post stories you want us to talk about, ask us questions, ask questions of the community, share your latest platinum trophy, whatever you want to do, however you want to share, just go on to Facebook. It's, it's probably the thing that we check the most, and we often talk about that stuff on the show. If email is your thing, you can always email us at trophyhors at provinggamer.com. And if you're into Twitch, like we mentioned on the show, we do Rocket League Thursdays every night at 7. You can go to twitch.tv slash provinggamer to uh, join us every Thursday for Rocket League and just whenever Tricky decides to stream and, you know, if Yield decides to do anything like Wreckfest in the future or anything like that. If you want to support the show or Proven Gamer on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Proven Gamer. And there are a number of different tiers there that Tricky set up that you can choose to support us at. But again, financial support is not necessary. We love you guys. And however you guys choose to support us, I mean, you're supporting us just by listening to the show. And even if you can just give us a rec- give a recommendation to somebody, somebody you know, somebody you love, be like, hey, I know you like video games. How about you go listen to this awesome podcast, Trophy Whores? We would greatly appreciate. Word of mouth is fantastic. It's, it's the best kind of advertising we can ask for. Last but not least, Amazon.com, it's one of our main sponsors. And how can you help us out with this? Well, it's easy. Amazon.com is a, it makes shopping online and shopping in general just so much easier. So we know that from time to time, regardless of how you feel about Amazon, you probably buy something from Amazon.com. Before going to the website, go to ProvenGamer.com. There is a link to Amazon on the homepage. It'll take you straight to Amazon.com so you can resume your shopping. It's one little extra step, but it does help us out tremendously, so we would greatly appreciate it if you would do that for us. Well, that is going to be the end of the housekeeping for episode 477. Again, thank you all for making it to the end of the show. It was a long show, but we hope that you enjoyed all the banter and all the Donnie babble on this episode. So excited to have Donnie back on. Until next week. Go get some fucking trophies. Preferably in Spirit of the North. Because it's really good.